Section 4. The Conditions Necessary for Apologetic Success Chapter 19. God Must Sovereignly Grant Understanding If the Christian is to have success in defending the faith, he must be prepared to call into question the competence of the unbeliever's thinking. Even if the believer does not have the impressive credentials of educated scholarship possessed by the unbeliever, he is able to do this. The so-called educated experts criticized our Lord with respect to his educational credentials, John chapter 7, verses 14 through 15, but Jesus countered by challenging the competence of his opponents. Because they refused to follow the will of God, they were in no position to judge his teaching, verses 17 and 19. The Christian, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, verse 17, and dwelling in Christ's word, John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32, knows the truth. All things pertaining to life are granted through a knowledge of God, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And thus, those who refuse to acknowledge God and the truth about him will be led into futility and error in all fields of thought, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Their unrighteousness blinds them, and accordingly, the enlightened Christian can challenge his opponent's reasoning. Even Christianity's cultured and educated despisers can be presented as effective apologetic by any believer. God chose the foolish things of this world that he might put to shame them that are wise. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27. Apologetic success begins with this confidence. Such confidence, however, must be followed by a properly guided method. In particular, the apologist must refrain from appealing to the autonomous principles of secular thought in his attempt to bring understanding to the unbeliever. For the unbeliever's method, standard, and starting point are inherently contrary to that saving understanding at which the apologist aims. Autonomy and understanding are mutually exclusive. Apologetic success will be precluded if the believer rests his case on unbelieving presuppositions or the attitude of autonomy, since these are the source of the unbeliever's lack of understanding. A fortiori, they cannot provide the path to understanding. The entire human race is dead in trespasses and sin, falling short of God's glory. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 and verse 5. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 and chapter 5 verse 15. As a result, no one seeks after God or has understanding. Romans chapter 3 verses 10 through 12. Sin has led the unbeliever to exalt his own imaginations and to ignore the revelation of God, and thereby the unbeliever's reason is always deflected into futile, erroneous, and unrighteous conclusions. In his heart, out of which are the issues of life, the foolish unbeliever says that there is no God, and thus he has no knowledge or understanding. Psalm chapter 53 verses 1 through 4. Romans chapter 3 verses 10 through 12. The man with whom the apologist argues, then, lacks understanding, and his reasoning is unprofitable. In his mind he is a child of wrath, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3. His mind is at enmity with God and he is unable to do God's will, Romans chapter 8 verse 7. It is the sinner's intellectual assumptions, operation, and competence which are on trial in apologetic encounter not the revelation of Christ. The rebel thinker walks according to his own thoughts and is thus locked into the foolishness which proceeds from his heart. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 2, Mark chapter 7 verses 21 through 22. 
Since he departs from the faith, he unavoidably speaks falsehood and teaches demonic lies. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 2, Romans chapter 1 verse 25. These are harsh and unpopular words to modern ears. Because contemporary apologists so often share the autonomy of secular thought, they are unwilling to indict its root foolishness. The thoroughgoing defectiveness and unrighteousness of non-Christian epistemology is overlooked by many in an attempt to gain a hearing and to show that compromise between intellectual self-sufficiency and soteriological dependence on God is possible. However, it is impossible to evade the Bible's stringent indictment of unbelieving thought and its exposure of the unbeliever's foolishness. The principal antithesis between Christian epistemology and apostate epistemology must be underscored. In contrast to the man whose thoughts are vain stands the man who is instructed out of God's law. Psalm chapter 94 verses 11 through 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 20. The Christian rejoices that he operates not according to fleshly wisdom, but in a diametric contrast according to God's grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12. What kind of apologetic, if it is not to share the autonomy of unbelieving thought, can be successful in bringing the unbeliever to an understanding of the truth? The answer is that, like faithful preaching, faithful defense of the gospel must be rooted in the Word and the Spirit. God can only be known by a voluntary revelation by the Son and Spirit of God. Matthew chapter 11 verse 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. Together they deal with man's ethical hostility to God's revelation and enable him to have a saving knowledge of his Creator. The understanding which the unbeliever lacks can only be provided when his mind has been opened. Luke chapter 24 verse 45. And he has been convicted by the Spirit of Truth. John chapter 16 verse 8. This Spirit continually witnesses to Christ, conducting his case before the world as Christ's legal representative for the defense i.e., the advocate, John chapter 15, verse 26. That is, the success of our apologetic depends on the work of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 3, verse 3, and verse 8. Moreover, only if the unbeliever comes to abide in Christ's word can he have God and know the truth, John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32, 2 John chapter 9. Until he gains the mind of Christ, he is completely unable to know spiritual things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and verse 16. Having the mind of Christ requires humility. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 8. And thus, renunciation of self-sufficiency in order to obey the truth of God. One can only come to a knowledge of him who is truth. John chapter 14, verse 6. When the Son grants him the understanding which is lacking. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. Therefore, the apologist is called upon to give a faithful witness to the truth, rather than to attempt to improve on the Lord's wisdom by autonomous arguments. Being confident of his ability to challenge apostate thought, the believer must reason, not according to the principles of secular thought, but on the presupposed truth of Christ's word, and looking to the power of his spirit to bring conviction, conversion, and understanding. A successful apologetic, being given according to Christ's word and spirit, is a function of the grace of God, not human cleverness and wisdom.